Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. So this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up your time and become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and that allows you to focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. And we do that by giving you the systems and teaching you how to build a team so you can actually delegate all those lower-level tasks. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. That is strlegends.com slash X. You are listening to an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast hosted by Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. So let's dive in. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad SDR Conversations. I am here with my co-host Eric Muller, and today we are talking about how you can leverage leadership and culture to skill your Airbnb business. Eric, I think this is one of your favorite topics to talk about. Yes, sir. You know it, man. It's been top of mind for me for the last, I would say, for the last two years of just like learning how to be a better leader, learning what leadership is, what that even means trying to figure out how to build leaders within our organization. So yeah, I love this topic. It's always top of mind. It was a big topic down in Mexico. You and I spoke about it privately, about how we could become better leaders. And of course, spoke to the legends about it as well. So we started to dive into that topic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with why Why is it so important? Why has this been on your mind for, for several years? Well, I think, you know, I think leadership... Well, why it's been in top of my mind. I mean, if anyone's trying to build a business, you have to become a you have to lead other people, right? Like if you're not leading other people, you just have a job, right? That means that you don't have anybody working with you, which is a weird business to have. You know, maybe you're just a consultant, I guess. But even then, like if you're dealing with clients, if you're solving problems, you're dealing with people, you have to understand how to lead through certain situations and how do you, this is what I recognize. Like when we were building, you know, I've been in business and trying to start businesses since I was like 19 years old. Right. And I've created a handful of companies that were successful. Most of them were not successful. You know, I realized like there's a lot of things that I bring to the table trying to figure out how to build these businesses. And I usually show up with like ego and fear and concern and trying to like control situations and all that stuff. And I recognized in an early stage, like showing up to problems like that in your day-to-day business doesn't solve any any problems. You never get any traction, right? Your ego might get a win, but you're, you're not actually 
getting closer to your end goal, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I did a lot of internal work to understand, like, first off, where's all this stuff coming from? But then once I learned that like the best leaders in the world, not that they don't have any of that stuff, not that they don't have egos or, you know, the issues that they, the normal issues that people have that they bring to the workplace, but they learn how to check those emotions and those challenges as they arise. Right. And once I started learning that, you know, I, I wanted to go deeper into it, man. So I just think if you want to become a better business owner, if you want to grow something that is bigger than you, that has a major impact and you want to, you want other human beings to work on that mission and vision with you, you have to understand how to become a leader, right? You have to understand how to lead other, other people through problems and bring them to bring them to, you know, a, a place where everyone is working on something together and rowing in the right direction. So also it's something, you know, and this is something that, that I think you and I were talking about that in Mexico. It's like, it's the number one skill set that you as a business owner can work on that is transferable to every part of your life. Right. So leadership, I started first looking at leadership to where, where it's like, how do I hire good people? And then how do I lead and make sure that everyone is rowing in the right direction so we could build this business together? That's a very difficult thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I started recognizing like there's other parts of my life that need need me to step up as a leader. My family, my relationship, my community, my friends, you know, my country. Like there's all these small items that pop up that I need to understand how to lead through those situations. So we were talking about this, man. Like as our businesses are growing, you and I are learning all these different skill sets. Every day, like you and I are like, oh, well, now we have to learn how to do this thing. And like we got to sharpen the tools over here. But eventually we're going to grow outside of most of these items in our business, right? I won't be doing sales and enrollment forever, right? But right now, me learning how to build a sales team and, and learn how to sell and enroll is really important for us. I won't be doing marketing forever, but right now, me leading and developing a marketing department for our company is really important. But eventually I'm going to hire people that are better than me at that test. And I have to understand how to lead them through their position so I can go and work on different aspects of the business. So leadership by far is the number one thing that we need to start and grow a business. But then two is like, it's transferable to every part of your life. And three is if you're still running your business, like you and I have a vision of running our companies for multiple years, like free wild, 20, 30, 40 year business, right? And 30 years from now, the things that we're going to be doing the most is leadership, leading the team and the vision and everything else, right? So I think it's the number one skill set that any business owner can learn. And it's the most important thing that we can do is learn how to lead other human mm -hmm. beings. Yeah. You, you mentioned Steve Swap, and one thing that comes to mind that we learned at the Legends Mastermind is he talked about the the pizza, the concept, the pizza concept. Oh yeah, to like teams and leadership, right? And when he and basically what that means is, and I think they they talk about the the same concept in the in the book Extreme Ownership. It has to do with the amount of people that you can directly have in in, in a team that you can lead, and it's about the same amount of people that you can share a pizza with. Right. Right. Uh, and we're not right. talking about the tiny little slice, right? We're, we're talking yeah. about the decent slice. So like, you know, maybe yeah. four, let's say four to six people. Once you, once the team grows beyond that, 
you can no longer have one leader directing all those those team members and i feel like that's exactly the stage where we are at right where we where our team is around like you know depending on who you count like we have a couple part-time people but you know around like let's say six to ten people we're we're in that stage so we're like transitioning and that's why that's why it's 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 been challenging for us right it's because we're in that transitionary period where as you mentioned instead of you doing sales you're now leading the sales department and, and you know instead of me being the coach i'm now leading the coaching department right and i personally like you you've been an entrepreneur since you were 19 i didn't really have any experience with that so mm. i've been wondering in the last like couple months like what is leadership like i i didn't really understand what it was i just thought it's like oh you tell you tell a team member what to do <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not it's yeah. not that's not really what that's it is. not it that's not leadership actually dude i was listening to simon sinek this morning on my morning walk and he was talking he did a this awesome talk where he was talking about what leadership is and like what is leadership because i remember you asking me that in mexico you're like you know what is leadership i don't even know what leadership is you know, but I know I got to get better at it. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, how do you respond to what leadership is? And Simon Sinek was saying, like, most people think it's that it's I'm in charge and I tell you what to do. Right. That is not leadership. That's management. Right. That's what a manager. That's how a manager shows up. A leader shows up. I am. How, how did he word this? I'm not in charge. I support the people that are in my charge something like that to where it's like, he's a pure support system for the people that are in charge of their positions and running the business. He's not telling them what to do. He's asking how he can support them to be the best at what they do. What's their full potential. Right. And it's, it's a different, it's a different way of looking at your team. Right. So it's like, we hear this all the time, man. It, it, it drives me crazy. It's like, if my cleaners will just do what I tell them to do, then you know we won't have these problems anymore, right? And then when something comes up, it's like oh, I, I'm yelling at them, I'm telling them what to do, but they don't listen to me, right? It's like people don't want to be told what to do; they want to be led to become better at what they do, right? And it's like when you look at these tougher positions of like cleaners, like man, that's a tough job, dude. Like that's a tough job cleaning our units every single day, like and and like scrubbing toilets and doing what you got to do to like turn these units over. It's really hard work. And then if you have somebody who is not part of that process, who doesn't clean, who comes in and starts yelling at you and saying like, you got to do it this way. That's not registering the brain, right? It's not like, it's not exciting for them to do it, but showing up and saying, okay, what resources do you need to be better because here, here, and here is actually impacting our business in a negative way. I know that you can do better. How can I support you in that process? So we're actually looking to solve problems versus telling people what to do. And they, I wrote this down, man. I wrote down like, what are the leadership elements behind this? And this stuff that I'm getting from listening to Simon Sinek, Jocko Willick, you know, just reading the book, 15 Commitments, right? Of a 15. conscious leader. Yeah. 15 commitments and conscious leadership. These are the four that I put together that I'm like, oh, this is something I have to always embody. And the, it, again, this is a mix of what I learned today from Simon and from the book, all that other stuff is there's four main elements to it. One is compassion, 
So like, that's what I got from Simon Sinek today is like, to be a good leader, we have to really be compassionate towards our team members, right? And also our our guests, right? Our clients, our investors, all of that. We got to be compassionate on what's actually happening because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, especially if you're on a virtual team. We have no idea if you know our team member is going through a divorce, having an issue, you know, in their personal life, someone in their life is sick. Like we have no idea what's happening. But all we see is that them showing up and maybe missing turning over a, a bedroom or uh, you know a bathroom or something like that, or they you know didn't update the listing the way that we wanted them to, right? Whatever it is, we go right to the blame game versus having compassion to understand that we're dealing with human beings regardless of the position that they're in, from executives to the cleaners. Right. It's like we have to have compassion for the human being in that process. Right. And I think that's, I think that's the number one element of being a good leader is compassion. Right. Number two is patience. That's something I'm recognizing, especially now, is the patience to, you asked me in the beginning why I was up, you know, why I'm interested in leadership and how I got there. And it was like, Dude, in the early stages of my short-term rental business, when someone dropped the ball on something, I would have zero patience. I would, I would be so freaking impatient that I would just, re- I would react with just like essentially throwing up on them. Right? Why'd you do this? You, you know, like, oh, we got to fix it now. And like, it, it comes from such a place of scarcity and yeah, just like react, reactive place. It's just not, it's not great. What I'm recognizing now is the patience of understanding that it takes time for humans to truly be motivated and impactful. And the things that we're building takes time to really grab foundation. So we got to be patient through the process and like asking those questions of, Hey, I noticed that you didn't do this. How can I support you better in your position? Right? What's going on? Are you okay? Like these are long formed conversations that we're creating here versus saying, Hey, you didn't turn this over. And now we have a guest checking in in three hours and you got to clean it right now. Right. Do this again. You're fired. Right. Like that's not leadership. Right. Mm -hmm. So having the patience to sit and have the conversations truly care and understand what's happening. Number three is holding and driving the vision. And that's something that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about on this podcast a bit. That's the, you know, that's a, one of the top jobs for a leader is just to continue to hold that vision and drive that vision and keep it at top of mind with everyone that you work with. And then number four is the energy is really understanding how to set the energy every single day, every single moment in your business. It's super important because there's times, dude, like I wake up and I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. I feel like crap and sleep well. I, you know, all I want to do is keep sleeping in. I don't want to go on Zoom. I don't want to do any of this stuff. And if I don't check myself with that energy and I don't do something to shift that, I'm infecting everybody in the team with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, and this goes into another conversation that we should probably have is about the standards, what you and I recognize in our offsite. Like that creates the standard in the company. Right. So, like with recognizing those four elements and just like constantly constantly revisiting those. It's like you're leading yourself to do that. And then it only supports your team through their challenges. So, Okay. So you're mentioning the standards. I would say let's let's get into that a little bit later because that's essentially the culture. Right? So it's also yep. something that we want to talk about. But I want to touch on a couple of things that you, that you said. Number one is blaming versus not blaming. I think that's a really important concept. And 
that's what we're learning about as well in, in the book that you mentioned. Because the first, the first commitment that the author talks about in the book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, is taking radical responsibility. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really important concept to understand. You know what is res- taking responsibility because I think I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. I didn't understand it correctly until I read this chapter in the book. By the way, it's a book we're reading in our book club in our company What's right the now. Title again? It's Fifteen Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and the first commitment is taking radical responsibility. And it's you know what 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 is that really and the most important aspect of it is not blaming but not only blaming somebody else because that was my that was my understanding of taking responsibility was like okay instead of blaming somebody else i'm blaming myself and that's how i take responsibility and that was a big insight that i got from this chapter is when the author was saying like hey blaming yourself is just as toxic as blaming somebody else you know yep. instead of instead of blaming you shouldn't be we shouldn't be blaming anything Right. What we should do is we should look at the situation and ask ourselves, what can we learn? What can we learn from this situation? Right. That is that is the the best approach of taking taking responsibility. Dude, that that one is so hard for me. Like that one is so hard because when I read extreme ownership for me, and I said that I said this yesterday to the team, right? Like extreme ownership means that, you know, it may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility to bring a solution to the table, right? And that the whole idea behind that is like we're not blaming, we're not pointing at why and what went wrong. It's like, hey, we have a problem. Let's bring a solution. We're a team of solution providers here, right? But through that process, I built the habit of taking the blame on this stuff. Right. Like, oh, I'm the leader. I should have known that. Right. Like I, oh, I'm the leader. Regardless, it comes down to me. It's my fault. Right. Or it's my, you know, it's, it's because I didn't create, see this ahead of time. So I have to own that. Right. So that, that shift of not blaming yourself through that process and asking those questions, what can we learn here? And then what is the solution to this? That's the fastest way to work through any problem, not just in your business, in your personal life too, right? With your lady, with your friends, your family, like all that stuff. Like instead of blaming right away, it's like, okay, okay, let's take a step back here. What can we learn from what's coming up right now? Right. And what happened? Okay, cool. What is the solution to ensure that this doesn't happen again? Right. That shifts the conversation and really just shifts the energy on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's huge not blaming yourself and and just asking a question of like, what can we learn? Another, another really big insight for me was they talk about four ways of leading. The first way is to me, which basically puts you at the, at the mercy of the universe, essentially, essentially the way that you're leading is your, you think that external factors decide your faith, right? So you're in a victim mindset and what whatever the situation is the responsibility is not is not on you but it's like whatever happens in your in the circumstances right and he, he the offer is saying that like probably 95% of the leaders that they work with and they work with thousands are are at that stage right where it's like it's it's blaming it's victim mentality and then the second way of leading is by me and leaders who who lead by me, they see that everything in the world is unfolding perfectly for their learning. Mm. 
So they, they come from a mindset of like, things are not happening to me, but things are happening for me. It's for my progress. It's for my learning, for my development, that things are, are happening. There's, there's two other ways, but I think, I think these are, these are the most important ones because most leaders are probably in phase one. And I think making the step, making the move to phase two has a big impact on the business. I think. Did you learn anything through that for yourself as a leader? Do you have any shifts from that? Yeah. I mean, the two major shifts is the the first one, what I mentioned was like the realization that I shouldn't be blamed myself. The second one that has to do with like leading by me versus leading to me. I rec- I actually recognize that from stoic philosophy, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the, one of my favorite sayings is one by Marcus Aurelius that goes, have an attitude of gratitude for anything that comes your way. So it's like, it's about accepting reality versus resisting reality. It's about, mm. and that allows you to, res- what you always mention is like responding instead of reacting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you believe that whatever happens in your, in your world, if it's, it happens for you and you're, you appreciate it because it is an opportunity to learn, then you're not going to be reactive. You're not going to panic. And you're not going to go into your ego. You're going to come from a place of like, okay, curiosity, which is also mentioned, right? Learn through curiosity, also mm-hmm. mentioned in the book. So I'd say for me, those are the those are the two things, the two most important insights from from those yeah. concepts. Yeah, man. I mean, again, that goes back to my early like leadership training and just like di- diving into that is the those two things, responding versus reacting. Right. Most people react because, yeah, most people react. Right. We want to train our brains to respond to situations. And then, you know, another thing that, that this ties into this, another thing I get out of that book is how to deal with emotions as they come up as a leader. Right. Where, you know, feeling emotions is a natural human, human thing. Right. And it's like everyone has the same type of emotions. And when something negative happens, you're going to get a negative emotion, but recognizing that most emotional states last for 90 seconds, right? In the human body. And with the right training, we, we can allow, we can experience those emotions and then allow that emotion to pass through our body, right? And then choosing where we want to stay, choosing where we want to be, right? That's more stoic, stoicism, right? Of choosing the emotion that you want to be in. But what happens is most people will react to those emotions, right? And once they react to that, they choose to be in a, in a mood. And moods can last, what they said in the book, moods, moods can last years, right? They can last a long time. And that blew my mind because I've always looked at, okay, respond versus react to problems. But then also I'm like, hey, I got to respond and react to my emotions that are coming up experience those emotions for, and, and Tony Robbins talks about this as well. It's like, you're allowed 90 seconds. And I never connected the dots there, but he's like, you're allowed 90 seconds to be in this emotion. And then after that, you got to choose to be in a, in a powerful state. Right. And Samantha and I talk about this stuff all the time. It's like, all right, you have 90 seconds to be in this emotion. And then we're going to choose where we want to be from there. Right. Mm -hmm. These are, and I know certain people are listening to this and they're like, well, what does this have to do with leadership? I'm like, this is leadership is understanding how to overcome these things, understanding how to 
decide what energy and what emotion that you want to be in and where you lead from. So then you can inspire others around you to play at their highest ability, right? In every way, not just the best at cleaning. It's like, we want our cleaners to show up excited and fun, feel like they're supported, that they're, they're part of a bigger mission other than just cleaning, right? Like there's, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not, well, Hey, I got a cool property and I got a cool business. So you should be as excited as I am. It's like, like, no, like these people are working really hard. We got to bring it into a place where it's like, we're, we're leading from a place of excitement and we know how to respond to any issue that comes up in our business. May not, we may not know the how, but we know how to respond to it, right? We may not know how to fix it, but we know how to respond to it. Yeah. All this stuff is like super important to, to lead teams and, you know, and, and grow as an individual if you want your business to grow. It's, it's extremely important and urgent to do that. Before we go into the culture aspect of this, is there is there any other learning lessons from the mastermind in Mexico that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, man, is like, you know, I think we shared this on the last podcast. Is we, we asked everybody what is what does scale mean to them, and not one legend said a thousand units or ten thousand units or a billion dollars. Scale all came down to like their personal time and the impact that their business had on their employees and on their guests and you know yes generational wealth but it wasn't because they can go out and buy yachts and cars it was because of the impact that they can have with that generational wealth to their family and their their lineage right so real powerful ways of thinking of all of this now i just remember asking steve you know he shared this steve schwab from Costco, he shared this to the group. But on the final night, we had dinner together and I was just picking his brain about this whole thing. I'm like, where do you spend most of your time? And he's like, all of my time goes into leadership. He's like, yeah, there's little tasks and stuff that I deal with all the time. But my number one goal when I wake up every morning in bed is how do I lead my team? Right. And it's like, what is the culture of the company? All of that. So like, my, the reason why I'm saying this is like, even at the highest levels in, in our industry, these are the conversations that they're having. And this is the focus that the leaders are having to grow incredible companies. doesn't mean like they're not involved in the business and dealing with other stuff. There's always going to be other stuff. But when you think of the one thing that top of mind, it should always be, if you're a CEO growing a company, it should always be leadership. And investing in leadership skills and trainings is not only going to impact your business, but it's going to impact your personal life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and to close it out on this too, I think some leadership tools for people to go into this, regardless if you're a leader now, as far as like you put the effort into this, or you're just like, all right, I, you know, I'm on board. I got to get this going. I think extreme ownership and dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, those two books, read them, reread them make them part of your life, right? They so impactful. They became part of our core values. Number two is the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. That book is changing our life on how we deal with it. And then number three is Simon Sinek. I think listening to Simon Sinek to understand how to build a culture, the why, and understand how to really impact people in your team. Those three resources can absolutely change the way that you're approaching your business. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I saw you share that in our in our Slack, in our team Slack. I'm excited to listen to that. Yeah, it's um, powerful. Going into the culture now, one thing that you and I recognize when we're in Mexico and we're talking about all this stuff is the way that we show up is the way that our team is going to show up, right? Because if you if we go back to the pizza principle of like you can at a maximum you can lead around like five people or so, that means that if if we're going to keep scaling our company, eventually we're not going to be the only leaders. Our team members are also going to be leaders. And the way that they are going to lead their team is reflected, is inspired by how we lead them, right? So that's why it's so important. Like if we if we show up, if we work on our leadership skills and we show up and set the standards, like you mentioned, then they are going to do the, the same thing in their teams. 100%. Yeah, and to give some clarity on the pizza thing, so I, I forget I forget where it's from. I've heard that in the past before, but Steve brought that up. So like the whole idea is like you can effectively lead a size of a team that you can share a pizza with, right? So it's like if you can take your team and you sit down and share a pizza, that's like five to you know maybe ten people, the max, right? Five to eight, I think he was saying is like the absolute max that. You should lead at any given time. After that, the culture and the impact starts to starts to dwindle, right? So if you have that in mind and you recognize like, oh, okay, for me to grow this business, for me to have short-term rentals in different parts of the country, if not the world, open up offices, I can't be leading everybody personally, right? I have to level up leaders in my organization. But to do that, we have to all be rowing in the same direction and speaking the same language, right? We have to understand what this company stands for. And this is what Steve was talking to us about as well, is like his core value, his mission, his why statement that he developed, that he communicates to his leaders that are in direct report to him every single day, are the same conversations that people are having in his offices that are on the other side of the planet right? To his team members that maybe team members that he's never even met before, right? So to your point, it comes down to creating and setting a culture in your company, right? So do you want to share the whole lazy thing that we discovered? You want to be vulnerable? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's hear yeah, it. Dude. So we were, we were in Mexico on one of the final nights while we're down there after the mastermind just kind of whiteboarding about overnight success and free wild, right? How do we grow this? Where are our opportunities? You know, why aren't we growing as fast as we want to, you know, what are the team members are about, you know, the whole thing. And I forget how it started, but I think we started writing down like all the challenges in our business. Right. And like the whiteboard is just like getting, you know, just filling up, filling up, filling up. And we're looking at all the problems we're looking at or the challenges we're looking at the team members and all of our complaints and like all the blaming that we put up there. Like that's essentially what we were doing at the end of the day. And we took a step back and I asked you a question. If you remember this question, I said, Hey, what's the common factor here? What's the common factor between all these challenges? I mean, what did you say? I think it was laziness, right? Well, the common factor was you and I. You said, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So yeah, you sat back and you're like, well, dude, it's me and you. We're the common factor. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. that's true. We're, yeah. I'm like, we're, we're the common factor <laughs> here. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's right. We're the common factor here. I'm like, okay, we're the common factor. 
what's happening here? Why are all these challenges coming up? And it's directly related to you and I. And we took a step back and then I wrote on, and maybe we'll post a photo of this one day on social media. And I wrote on the whiteboard, lazy, 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 four times. Because what I recognize, I don't know if this connected with you. I'll, I'll let you touch on it a bit. What I recognized is that all the challenges that we wrote up on the board, essentially the biggest challenge was that we created things and then we moved on to create something else, right? Or we didn't take something all the way across the finish line. All of our challenges were due to us completing things 70 and 80%, right? And not setting it up for success, for continued success. And I'm like, what, what is causing this? What is the one challenge? What's the tool that we... Like everyone always goes to, what's the tool that we need? Who do we got to hire? You know, what consultant do we need? What book do we have to listen to? And it's like, no, dude, it's laziness. That's what it came down to. It's like, oh, Jasper and I have been lazy in all of these problems here, solving all of these challenges. That's what it comes down to is that we're just showing up with a lazy tendency. And then we start looking at, and this goes into the standards, right? We start looking at, we're like, holy crap, we're creating a standard in the company of laziness, that it's okay not to bring things 100% across the goal line, right? And that was, I mean, that was super impactful for me. I mean, what were some takeaways for you on, on that? That experience. Well, I, you know, at, I remember at first I was a bit confused because I was like, wait, well, hold on a second. We're not lazy. Like we work long hours. Like how yeah. can we be lazy? But then I recognized, I was like, okay, it's not about the amount of hours that we're working. It's about the standards that we're setting and everything that we do. Right? right. And one of, one of the insights from that was also like, we have to continue to focus on doing fewer things, but doing them really well. Right, and that that's a that's a theme that that I I see everywhere in, when I talk to other entrepreneurs or the people that I follow, they always talk about like, don't try and do everything, just do what you're really good at and and do that really really good, right? So do fewer things but do them better. So, yeah, I recognize I recognize that you know we are doing so many things, but what we have to do is we have to instead of like just going to the next thing, we have to like follow up. Make sure it's it's completed. Make sure everybody understands it. Everything that we're working on, we have to set that standard, you know. And that's why culture is so important. And when you talk to people that have run bigger businesses, they always say that. They always say, you know, I always ask them like, "What would you have done differently if you were to start over again?" And oftentimes hmm. they say, "They say I would have started building the culture in my company earlier. So build it when you don't feel that you need it." Because if you wait until you really need it, then then it's challenging. Well, dude, I mean, uh, you have a culture, regardless if you're if you're conscious and aware of it or not. You have a culture in your yep. business, and that's my that was my point of like writing lazy, lazy, lazy. Is not that we're lazy. It's not like we're sitting on the couch scrolling on Instagram all day, and then we just show up and do one or two things. It's not that we bust our ass. We do a lot of things and you know, we we have success in the company, but is it our greatest work? Right? Are we showing up 100%? There's a difference. This is why I love exercise and like really really pushing myself in the gym and on the mats and on the mountains. There's a difference when you're working out 
in the gym. There's a difference between going to the gym and just like, okay, I'm going to do buys. I'm going to do tries. I'm going to do back. I'm going to do chest. And you're just kind of going through the paces. It's like, okay, I did 10, you know, 10 and yeah, it was, it was difficult. I'm kind of out of breath. There's a difference between that and then really pushing yourself past those last two, three, four reps that your brain is screaming at you. All right, dude, you did enough. You can't do it anymore. You, you should stop. That was enough. Blah, blah blah. There's a difference between the people who just show up and just kind of go through the paces and the people that are truly trying to find the difference in those max sets, really pushing themselves to that limit, right? Or running, right? Like I've been doing a lot of hill sprints and stair sprints. And there's a difference between just jogging up those steps and pushing your limits all the way to the end. And like, you know, that difference when you do it, right? And that's what I mean by lazy, lazy, lazy is like, I I think I shared this on one of the podcasts, like David Goggins talks about the 40% rule that most people quit at 40% of their capability, right? Which blows my mind, right? So it's like, it's the same thing for this. I'm like, holy crap, we're quitting on these big projects and really pushing things forward that we know that will have a big impact in our business because we're distracted. We're working on other things. We're tired. We want a personal life, whatever that stuff is but it's impacting our business and it's creating it. And this goes, this is a long response. This goes back to the culture. It's creating a culture in our company of us being, and we're unconscious to that until recently. Mm -hmm. So regardless, if you're conscious and focused on building culture in your business, you're still creating culture in your business. I think that, I think Steve mentioned this might've been somebody else, but one, one thing that I remember was if you don't build a culture, then other people will build it in your Mm. company. Right. Yep. So yep. you got to be in control of that. Otherwise, the culture is being built in a different way by, by, because everybody affects the culture in the company. Yep. 100%. Right? Everybody who works in the company. 100%. Cool, man. Well, uh, man, time flies. Is there anything else you, you wanted to share before we wrap this up? No, I think that's it. I mean, we're, you know, I think it'll be good for us to continue to talk about this stuff. I would love to hear from the listeners on their thoughts on this, on stuff that they want to hear more about. You know, I, I do not consider myself an expert on this stuff at all. I think what we just shared with you guys are literally just our learning lessons in the process of this journey that, that we're on. Right. So I don't consider myself an expert. I want to learn from the experts you know, I think it's something that we're going to constantly be learning and growing in. So yeah, anybody who's listening that you have something to share on this, feel free to post it up as a review or email us. And we would love to hear from you guys on how to go deeper into this because it's going to be top of mind for us for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. And the last last piece of advice that I want to share is even if you're, if you have a few listings, like and even if even if you don't want to skill, like I think it's good to develop leadership skills because Absolutely. you know, yeah, because it, ha- it has such a big effect in your personal life. So <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is, if if you if you have a couple of listings and you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't want to build a company with four thousand units, I would still recommend you know dive into this topic because it's going. If you ever will you know, want to scale a, a company, you you can need it. But even if you don't, it's going to have a positive impact on your life to understand 100%. these concepts and to work on that. So, yep. Cool, man. Awesome. That was it. Sweet y'all. Yeah. And uh, as always, if you guys found this podcast valuable, please leave us a review or subscribe, share this to some friends, 
love your support on continuing to grow this podcast. That's right. And keep an eye out for our emails because next week we will be announcing something completely new that we think is going to have a big impact on everybody that's following us. So yeah. keep an eye out for our emails. If you're not on our email list, go ahead, go to overnightsuccess.io. You can sign up for our newsletter and we have some exciting stuff for next week. So that's, that's right. that. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great weekend and we'll be back next week. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about air hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started if you enjoy this podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening for a chance to win lifetime access to the short-term rental profit academy which is our starter course for anybody who wants to start hosting on airbnb so every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of STR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Thank you and see you soon.